0: Versicherung und Insurtech jenseits der Alpen? Die Swiss Edition von Insurance & Finance Live blickt in einen der spannendsten Versicherungsmärkte in Europa. Mit Desi Metro und Dr. Robin Chiera. Bevor es losgeht, vergessen Sie nicht, der Sendung auf Spotify oder Apple Music zu folgen und ein kleines Review dazulassen.
1: Hey guys, this is Insurance and Finance Live. UK Special Edition, episode number one. Richard Sahar and I join forces to bring insurance and finance trends from the UK closer to you. Um, And we just start our first episode with a really great guest, Pramina Latma from Swiss Re Group. Um, transformation. Sorry, it's, I, may, I messed up your title. So sorry, you wrote it down Group Digital Transformation Officer. Here we go, Pravin. Thank you very much, and forgive me for that introduction.
0: That's fine. Thanks, Robin and Richard. Great to be here today, especially for your first UK show.
1: Yes, Richard. Uh, why did we join forces? Um...
2: Because we want to take over the world, and it's easier as a as a as a, uh, as a pair to do that um, to overtake the insuretech world.
1: Yeah, and for the two people out there who do not know Richard, Richard runs uh, uh, G- um, Global Introtech and Fintech Global, two awesome yeah, conferences uh, in, in, in the UK. And I really enjoy also, the, by the way, your online conferences. Why? Because they are um, of the few where you actually afterwards get like LinkedIn invitations and people are really there. So that's I really appreciate that. But let's not, um, uh, you know, um, be sad that we didn't see us uh, for a long time physically. Um, Let's enjoy now here and uh, get um, to know Praveen a little bit more and especially her view on the insurance industry. Um, Swiss Re, um, you know, is very famous for their profound um, research and for their profound knowledge. So we're really happy that you're here. Um, What are some external trends you see currently Yeah, um, yeah, forcing itself on the insurance industry.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, insurance is at the forefront of everyone's mind at the moment. If you think about the experience we've been through the pandemic, um, you know, so insurance is right at the front. And if you think about insurance, it's at times like this where Swiss Re really comes to its forefront. Our, Our purpose is about making the world more resilient. So if you take that through and you think about everything that we do today and what we've faced and what we continue to face, that really puts insurance at the heart of what we do. If I then think about some of the trends that are coming for the insurance industry as a whole, there are, you know, trends around us that we really need to start taking notice about. So if I look at it from a, a technology perspective, so the rise of computational power and the way I often that enables us to do things a lot faster than we would have done in the past. Then I often have this mental image of people sitting there with data spewing out of them. So even as we're speaking today, each one of us has data bubbles around us. Now you multiply that by the number of people in the world. How much data does the world have? And what opportunities does that provide us with? And thirdly, but I also think most importantly, the consumer need and the client need. What do people need in their everyday lives? Uh, so that we can make the world more resilient. And that needs to be the heart of what we do. So I think that is super core to how we progress in some of the trends that we see.
2: Yeah. So so You mentioned there, um, what does the consumer need? So just elaborating on that, could you just know how do you see the demands and expectations of of, of customers, regulators, and competitors changing uh, over this time?
0: Now, so if you think about our own experiences, and think about how our own buying behaviours have changed even in the last few months or the last year. You know, many of us have bought things online and virtually, which we've never dreamt of doing in the past. And even before the pandemic happened, there are times where the, the retail world and the e-commerce world has changed people's behaviours. Now, that is translating into the world that we all live in, in the insurance world. People want that same convenience, that simplicity, that efficiency in the way they interact with their insurance products. And it's incumbent on us as an industry to help and enable that to happen. So from a Swiss Free perspective, our goal is how do we enable our partners to then be able to serve their customers in that way that people are beginning to expect and almost demand of how we interact. Because I think sometimes it's too complex Um, And, you know, if you ask many people, is insurance at the top of your to-do list? And it isn't. And yet, human needs often says that it should be. Yeah, I think you're a much difficult. yeah. I,
1: I really need to smile when you said people bought things they never would imagine. I actually bought here these trousers online. Totally crazy. Uh, I yeah. bought, like we ordered like 10 things, like a thousand euros and just bought four. And so we have these crazy things and um, why I make this funny joke. And by the way, if you're watching out there on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube and Periscope and our website, we see that. And please, please, please like, share, comment hug your phone um, and ask a question like Kobe did uh, from Israel. Thank you very much, Kobe, for joining. Um, but coming back to the consumer change, um, mm. how long do you think it's going to take that robbing, ordering, and buying a, um, a jeans, actually a trousers, um, online, and trying them on and sending back, how long does it take until this change in customer behavior? Um, and I'm normally the last one who does things like that. Um, ends up in uh, in our PL and insurance industry. how, how long do you think that's going yeah. to take
0: I think it's already happening Robin I think I yeah. genuinely think it's already happening. I think it differs from the very I mean we're a global organization and we see differences in different regions for sure. Um, but some regions you know things have never been done face to face anyway you know they've started straight away from a virtual environment. so you've designed your products and your services for your iPads, for your mobile phones. Without any human interaction. So, I think in some geographies, we've already leapfrogged uh, the manual way of doing things and the complex way of doing things. And I think in other countries, it's a habit. So, it's a habit that once people do time and time again, it will stick. And I think once people start trusting, it's a trust business. So, once people start trusting that they can do things, let's call it online, then I think that will take up. And I think the is I think the other thing we need to be careful about is what channel do people interact with in what format? We yeah. have to be able to give people choice. So there are moments of truth in our processes where that human contact is vitally important. There are other times you just want to get the job done. If you want a change of address, you just want it done. Um, so I think we need to be able to offer the different channels of interaction based on different parts of the value chain, depending on what the, what the need is.
2: So Praveen, you're obviously ahead of the game at, at Swiss Re, and indeed that's why we've, we've invited you here to, 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 uh, to talk about your, your, your insights. Um, different insurance organisations will deal differently. Some will know what they're doing, others will fall for the hype, others will, will talk about it. In your opinion, what do you think will define the winners and losers in the insurance industry as, as, as they meet these challenges you have just talked about?
0: Yeah, so I think it's around... I think it's being about customer centric. I think that has to be whoever and however you define your customer. They have to be at the heart of what you do. You need to be really clear on your purpose and your goal and then be focused against it. So really be focused around what is your goal? What is your what are you trying to achieve? And then mobilize around that. I think when things are sometimes ambiguous um, and people flip from idea to idea without really executing and learning from it. I think that's when that's when it becomes a challenge. So I think purpose, focus, customer centricity, and not starting, it's weird, because people often say, really you, you look into digitization and tech, but you're not saying make it tech focused. My perspective is it has to be customer and business and commercial focused first. Technology is super important and gives us lots of opportunities, but it's a core enabler to allow these things to happen.
1: Okay, Parvina, We talked now about of meta trends, and you pr- also prioritized them, and, and and gave a little bit insights into your understanding which one is more important and what not. Because we talked about a few and not about others. My big question is what are your secret ingredients um, not only when you see the market oh sorry <laughs> if you don't see the market but also if you uh, look at uh, Swiss Re uh, yourself which uh, of also the reinsurance industry is undergoing uh, changes so how what is the secret of success and the secret ingredients um, inside and outside your organization
0: okay well firstly robbie I think if I, if I gave too much away, it's not going to be a secret. So, <laughs> so I'll keep so just a hundred watching. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. We can all, all amongst friends. So, I mean, I'll, I'll give you some insights on what I think are the core ingredients to the recipe to make innovation and digitization work in our industry. So, I think, first of all, you know, I've alluded to some of it already. I would say um, be focused on what the opportunity is, the challenges and make it really tangible. So I think that's the first thing. I think the second thing is then test and learn. Sometimes we become so analytical, analysis paralysis sometimes is the other word it's called, that we are we become paralyzed and we don't act. So identify what you want to change and change it. Yeah. And then if it doesn't work, it's okay, but guess what, you've learned something. So I think that's the other thing. So be clear on what you're trying to change in influence try and and move on with it and then it's learned and, and understand it's a learning and a growth mindset that you will learn something from it but the thing that sometimes gets forgotten about is all of this only happens if you have the right culture and the right talent now there is a big war on talent you know if you look at anybody who's hiring at the moment everybody wants the cyber people everybody wants the digital and data people and we see that in the market so i think it's uh if you want to bake the perfect cake it's not only about putting in the right ingredients it's the ingredients in the right order and the method has to be right as well
2: it's interesting you talk about having the right culture and the right people obviously that's key so what do you do about getting people on board who do you need to get on board within your own organization and what about overcoming people resistance I, uh, away from the technology. Is that an issue and is there any um, advice or thoughts you can share there?
0: Yeah, I mean there is, I think that the key to this is create an understanding. Um, create an understanding of what it is that you're trying to change and to do. I mean, I found that works and be open-minded because there isn't just one way of looking at it. So be collective, be collaborative and Co create what you're trying to achieve without lo- losing the focus and the pace. I, I won't say it's easy because creating that balance of minimizing how many people join into whatever debate, but yeah. then keeping pace is really hard. So I think that's one thing. I think, and this is probably where I'll make my legal and my control and my cybersecurity friends really happy, those kind <laughs> of functions always get forgotten about. And, you know, you day before live, somebody go, oh, yeah, we better go and check with them. I think it's super important to have everybody involved of all different skill sets and backgrounds in the solution right from the beginning so that you are creating it together. And some of these things aren't an afterthought, because, again, if I go back to where a trust industry, getting that right is really important.
1: And what I see and in, in are the projects we do, um, that all people involved in the projects always underestimate how hard it is to change the behavior of people, even people that are totally committed, that my, that, that intellectually grasp and understand it. Uh, and to really change behavior is super hard. Um, I see it myself in like more the sport area, but especially in the professional area and projects we do, it's super hard. And uh, nowadays we always plan more time and for that uh, because um, I think it's it's just super hard, uh, even though you have people yeah. that are committed. And we have a question here from Alexander. um, uh, And um, he um, also addresses the question of different uh, groups. Um, You can answer this in the way, or you can answer it how how you like. But maybe it's interesting to have a look. How is it with the end consumer? How is it possible as a large corporation to address different segments, but also inside organizations? And then we have the transformation question again, since uh, also had different agents and and, and backgrounds. Do you think we as insurance industry can address micro groups and and target groups like that?
0: Yeah, we can and we should because otherwise, you know, sometimes when you design products and solutions and services, you've got to remember that you are not, we are, we are not sometimes the people buying it. So I think there's, there's two ways. So it's the external perspective. You really need to take input on what are you designing? What are you taking to market? and use design thinking methods or customer behavior knowledge and insights to design so it's rich and right for the right segment. And I think it is possible for, to, uh, to have both communication products for all those segments. If I'm looking from an internal perspective, I also think it's through that diversity of thinking across all of those segments that you come up with the best ideas. Because otherwise I think you're gonna do the same old, same old. And oh, okay. the world outside is changing. so internally as an organization, you also need to change um, and bring people from different backgrounds, different age ranges. I saw that was you know talking about different age ranges, that question. Because otherwise, how will you really define something and deliver something that is pertinent to the market that you're operating in?
2: Very good. Um, I was going to ask you, and I don't know if perhaps you already mentioned it. What are the biggest pitfalls to avoid when you're when you're undertaking this transformation? I think you talked you implied part of it was it was getting people on board. But are there other traps or are there other poisons, shall we say, that that, that might spoil the, uh, the, uh, the 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 secret recipe to, to get this right?
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's often, um, and I think I, I hear many my peers in the industry talk about this a lot. The not invented here syndrome. We've all been there, where you know when we have a peer conversations across the industry, people say, Oh, I had the great idea, but because it wasn't adopted, because somebody thinks it was theirs, it got killed. So yeah. I think again it's about the communication and the softer aspects of delivering change. I also think structurally, like any big corporates, and this is prevalent in most corporates, committees, everybody loves a good committee. Oh. So how do you drive accountability to individuals and how do you You know make execution happen through accountability and focus teams i think then the third thing i would say is be focused on the outcome and not silos you know so often people will come through. i'm in such and such a team i'm in such and such a team i think we're now at that pace where it doesn't really matter what team you belong in it's all about what is the outcome you want to deliver and focus on that versus hierarchy and which part of the organization you belong or, belong to um and i hear that a lot if i talk about talk to my peers in the industry these are the challenges that most people are facing right, right now
1: right yeah thank you thank you very much i think i think again uh, the the changing is, is super hard and what i find uh, quite unfair oh i always see the beautiful uh, London Sky behind there, but uh, what I find quite what I find quite quite hard is um, for a large organization, it's super hard to. Have this one unified goal. I mean, if you have a company, a small one like like ours, it's really easy. Everybody knows what the goal is. But if you have a I don't know, ten thousand people company or hundred thousand people company, like some direct insurer even reinsurer, it's super hard to to uh, to not fall into the silo thinking and the see, I'm just a subsidiary or I'm in team this or team that and then us versus them um, thing. So I think that's super super challenging. Um, but let's move a little bit into the more into the concrete, uh, except I mean, we are, we are already super concrete, but um, do you see some concrete examples of, of success inside S3, but also outside S3? Yeah,
0: absolutely. So, um, Robin, I'll talk about one of your favorites, IptiQ. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> so, there, you know, here, it's not, it's not innovation, it's real. You know, yeah. we have a B2B2C digital insurance platform in the organization we've created over the past I think must be what nine years now we have um, we're live globally we have over 40 distribution partners uh, super successful and there we are you know revolutionizing insurance by making it digital make it tangible accessible and in doing so closing the protection gap so I think that's a real concrete example the other one I guess on the that's on the more mature scale if I look at some of something new which was we announced fairly recently is our partnership with icei and people go what is that so it's satellite imagery so we're doing work with ISI, and what we're trying to do there is improve improve flood risk damage uh, risk prevention and improve claims management and also when events like that happen how can we provide assistance as quickly as possible so again you, you think about it we're solving a real need you know flood you know is devastating for the communities it happens in but if we can take you know superior technology like the the satellite imagery combine it with our risk insights we're then able to solve a societal issue and a challenge both preventative um, but also you know insights into how to prevent it and act when it does happen so two real two broad spectrums of things there
2: of the um, the successful projects or, or initiatives you've you've undertaken at Swiss Re, presumably you've had to get buy-in and present the, the case for whichever project or initiative needs to be prioritised. I mean, how did you go about the, the the cost benefit analysis of of that, and how did the results actually compare to what you expected when you originally did the initial estimates? Yeah, I mean, I think it's um, the
0: usual way. You know, you sort of are very much a First of all, you, you need to start with a bottom up. You know, How much do you think, what is the addressable market? What is the size of the opportunity? Uh, what is it going to take to deliver your classic roadmap? Um, and then trick against it. But I think these days, you know, what most organizations are doing is doing what we call a stage gate process. Um, and in terms of, okay, let's, and this goes back to my learn fast. So you might have many experiments and only a few of those happen. But it's around allocate the right resources and know what you're going to get in that within a three month period or even a six week period, and then try and do the next phase and the phase after that. I think what we've what we're now coming away from is let's stop predicting a project plan on a Microsoft you know Gantt chart, which we've all done in the past. Yes, you know, a thousand lines long, three years out. And we all know that year three in what's been dictated is never going to happen. Because between now and then, the world will have changed and you will have learned so much more. So it's around more near term estimation, more let's get it done, let's learn, let's execute and then move on to the next phase. Through that, you get you get some real proof points around what works. You have workable software. You're able to test it with your customers and clients to see if it works. And most importantly, you're able to course correct if you're not heading in the right direction. Which, from a cost-benefit perspective, allows you to realise benefits a lot earlier than uh, you would have done traditionally.
1: What I really like about this question is um, um, stage gate process, and you describe the more agile approach to things. Uh, mm-hmm. and without work, we're using the word. Thank you for that. Um, mm-hmm. But what what I think is so powerful in this is. Um, is i mean if a company like swiss re is doing it then a lot of other insurers actually could could actually consider that too so i think that's something super super powerful as a message to the industry see even the big um companies are using these tools and tactics and 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 that's that's something because a lot of insurers still having these gun charts and uh, project portfolios of a thousand pages are the best thing in an, an IT project. Uh, a requ- list of requirements that's actually a thousand pages long. I really saw this last year, um, and everybody know. And and then two years they needed a lot of money is going into it, and then it's not going to be implemented like that. Um, do you have something else concrete like that? Stage gate process? How you organize yourself and how you really increase the chances of success and risk and limit the the risk of failure? Um, what what Richard meant?
0: Yeah, so I think um, early deliverables, and I think it goes back to this, I don't think there's one one sole answer. but Again, it's like, it, I always think of it as a Venn diagram. So have the, the impact you're trying to have in the middle, always have the customer, the client aspects, keep the technology piece, and then the talent and the culture. I think it's a combination of those three things and then always checking and balancing that you are making the right progress and one thing that we do is quite regularly do a reflection session or a retrospective where we honestly stop and go are we just all being busy fools or are we really doing what we said we were going to do um because it is so easy when you get into something that you know two months in three months in you lose sight of what was the thing that we were trying to do in the first place and actually if we carry on this trajectory are we going to get there so I think those stop learning reflections are really important. I know sometimes people perceive that as a, you know, we're wasting time, but actually, you know, if you do that, you what you find is you actually go further in what you're trying to achieve. So ah, okay. going, fast That's interesting. going fast is good, but reflection and learning actually will not only when you go fast, you'll probably go further in terms of,
2: what you're trying to scale and achieve. That's that's great advice when we talk about um, making sure that uh, you're not being busy fools and you are achieving what you you set out to. Is there any other advice you'd uh, you'd give to others who are tasked with uh, leading digital transformation? Yeah, I I think the the other thing
0: I would say is um, recognize what you as an organization can bring because every organization has its core strengths, but also recognize what you don't have and who are you going to partner with because if you look at what's happening across the world many of the great things are happening and changing because of partnerships
1: yeah. and strategic
0: yeah. partnerships so be true to who you are and what you can bring but also be really open-minded about actually we, we can't do this bit who can really help us so I think that having the partnerships is a core part of um, anyone's strategy on digital transformation I think that's the other thing. I would, the other
1: piece of advice I would give, Rabina, you, know, you you will probably laugh now, but uh, we once had a uh, one one slide we sometimes send when we do offers is a slide that says things we can we are not good at. <laughs> and 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 one seesuit once told me that was the best slide he ever saw because nobody's talking about the things he cannot do. So uh, I I just agree. I think that's that's super important um not only by the way maybe you can, can discuss this not only for organizations we also touch the human part about about people uh, in our organizations um i find it always super important that we also not only talk about what can people do but what can uh, what can people not do and i found people super successful in transformation that openly say what they're not good at and I'm always my alarm bells go off um, when somebody says what are you not good at and they're just you know combustible they're not like really like I suck at dot dot dot
0: <laughs> yeah yeah I think it's being really honest because it's only through that honesty that you can move forward um, so I think it's having that awareness um, I think is really key and I think it's sometimes we become too fixated on the hype of certain technologies i mean how if you look at the typical hype cycles and what we think is going to be hot and then what is not uh, and the computer gets quite polarized and i think they're super exciting and it's my personal view and it can be quite provocative because i think that alone is not going to change the world it's going to be solving for something
1: Richard, you have the challenge that you, when you run uh, a Fintech Global or Global InsurTech to distinguish the hype from what's really going to impact the industry. Uh, ju- just to pick your brain, how are you guys doing it? Running yeah, one of the most important, or two of the most important shows here in Europe?
2: Uh, it's interesting, it's exactly what, what I was to- uh, talking about. It's one of those things that you can't refer to n- directly with, with names. There is so much hype in, the, in this industry. And because we've been, We've had relationships with, the, with with financial institutions for 20 years. You get to know the individuals like Praveena who are basically you know, getting results and showing leadership in their area. And you just then avoid the people that come out with the same old, same old. And it's startling how many really well-known financial institutions, insurance companies, are talking but clearly doing nothing. You know, putting the word innovation into everybody's job title uh, yeah. and having innovation innovation specialists who are totally ignored by the people doing their day job. And so, and and when on that front, I don't want to be cheeky, but uh, uh, I was going to ask uh, Praveena: Is Swiss thinking of changing its branding at all in order to 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 help? Uh, I don't know if you've you heard this week, um, Aberdeen Swiss Life changed its branding. It decided to take out all of the all of the vowels out of its name, and that makes okay. it high-tech, apparently. Have you not seen that? No, you, no. Oh, okay. So there's a new... um So that's cosmetic. But hopefully, if I have the right people underneath doing the business and doing the transformation, it'll work. But it's interesting that some people like to put a little bit yeah. of flour on, on top of things, and you, and you have to yeah, see... Yeah, I mean, with
0: no intention of on the brand. You know, if our brand's super strong. It, you know, it's 163 years old, so it's you know from that perspective it it's really an asset for us i think robin what you yeah i mean Um, the word innovation um you're right there's a lot of innovation theater i call it in across everywhere um and i think one of the things is innovation people go it's the cool thing it's only something that some people can do and the transformation that the change we're going through is innovation can be done from every seat you don't have to have
1: innovation in your job title to do something different. Yeah, yeah. and what I really, uh, I think that's a, a good point. You don't need to have innovation in your job title to do something innovative. And that's what I see throughout the industries, it, mid-size, small, large players. You have leaders uh, or subject matter experts that just do things, of course, inside the organizations uh, in order to to try things out. So we have a lot of good people in the industry, even though I'm sometimes ranting on stages and say it otherwise. But it is we have some good people in the industry. Um, yeah, and by the way, good people in the industry are watching right now. Thank you very much for all your um, comments, insights, posts, likes, shares. We are today strong on, on YouTube, but also on LinkedIn. If you watch the show after it happened, please like, share, and do a small comment, even though if you just write algorithm, so the algorithm knows you like the show. Um, and, uh, and 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 that's – time flies. We are already at, at the end. Uh, I think uh, – Uh, especially the part about uh, how you inside Swiss Re um, manage and use tools should be a must watch for a lot of managers in the insurance industry where you shared your concrete tools and tactics. Um, Pramina, um, what we always ask people at the end of the show is now you shared so many concrete secrets and company secrets, what can the community do for you?
0: I would love to hear their ideas you know what are they trying what is working because yeah you know, everybody is trying something different so i'd love to hear what's working and, and more importantly what's not so together we can achieve the things we want to do faster richard how
1: was the first episode of insurance and finance live uk super special edition
2: it was a privilege to be on here with, with um the um the most exciting person in, 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 in ShoreTech yourself, and, uh, and Praveena for being a genuine expert in transformation, it's a privilege. Thank you very much. I'd just like to prove to everybody, I am in London Live, those are real people. Oh, they've all gone. It's Friday afternoon, the mayor of our city has banned anyone driving through the centre of London, but that is the, 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 the Bank of England just behind there, the, the Royal Exchange, a man on a bicycle. Oh my God! I, I, I think the the, the financial centres moved to Germany. Maybe I don't know after Brexit, but uh, but I'm definitely here live. So 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 thank you for inviting me. It was a real pleasure. Uh, I, it's been great to have you both also physically at our events, and I'm hoping we'll be able to do that again soon. So it was a pleasure to do so uh, digitally today. So, so so thank you, Robert, for the invitation, and thank you, Bravina, for, for allowing us to be part of this conversation. Thank yeah, you, guys. guys bye. Thank you for too. Okay.
0: Thanks, everyone. Bye.